WFAE's David Borex has the story. Tariq Bakari and Larkin Eggleston call their podcast R&D in the QC. Eggleston says they hope to reach people who may not pay attention to the council. Eggleston is 35 and a Democrat. Bakari is a 37-year-old Republican. Despite their political differences, they bonded on the campaign trail in part over their beards, says Bakari. The beards themselves are what truly united us in the beginning. They hope to be an example of how to debate productively across the political divide. Episode 23, The Budget is Done, my documentary, Senator Tillis, Public Safety Committee, and then Memorial Stadium and the Pedestrian Bridge. Welcome to R&D of the QC, episode 23. We're down here in the uh, luxurious confines of the Charlotte Government Media Center. I don't know what they call it. Sound quality should be much, much better. That's my hunch right now. We'll see how it is. My voice sounds silky smooth. No, it sounds really weird. Um, (laughs) Terrible intro, by the way. Thank you. All right. Well, people are used to that by now. Mm -hmm. And they're just glad it's not you screaming. That's true. So we passed the budget. We did. That was the thing we've spent the most time on over the last six months, and it is put to bed now. I'm sure we'll hear some more about it from people, but whether they're happy, I'm so unhappy, glad it's over. I mean, but, I, there's uh, more I wish we could do, but I'm so glad it's over. That has been the light at the end of the tunnel we have been driving towards for six months, and I'm glad we got that behind us. And um, you know, I hope we've got a a little bit of a reprieve meeting wise coming up in July and August. And I'm hoping, I know we both and and other council members have had some ideas kind of on the back burner as we've tried to work through this budget. I'm hoping that's where we can start to, uh, to work on some more high level projects and, and not be caught in the week to week minutia. And then also trying to deal with the budget. Um, that is my hope. I, uh, We'll see if that pans out. Why do you love tax increases so much? Is, well, I, I love tax increases question. so much because you hate them so much. <laughs> uh, so it's really more of a vote to just upset you. Yeah, you did good. But, you know, I do. We we won't dig into it tonight because we've dug into it for probably 10 straight weeks. But um, So let's just do this. Let's each have a statement on why, why we did what we did. You voted about, for the budget. About, I voted against it. How about we talk about, uh, as was stated by the mayor, everybody in this budget, every council member to a person, I think has – a win, if not several wins in this budget. That's true. And we'll know what your win is, but you can you can retoot that horn. Um, let's let's talk about what we liked about the budget. We yeah. so for the record, I uh, and I believe I think it was ended up being a party line vote. Which again, you you and Councilmember Driggs both kind of stated why there were things about this budget that you really liked. You were going to vote against it because of the tax increase. So it did end up being a nine-two vote along party lines, which. As I heard you mention, there were a lot of votes tonight, and that was and, and there, there were, were some strange odd bed, combinations, some odd bedfellows, strange bedfellows. That's right, but um, in different votes. But in this one, it was a nine-two vote along party lines. Democrats, we all voted in support of it. You and Ed voted against it. Um, but let's talk about what we each got a win on. Yeah. One, one of the wins we each got. So I'll start. I I got uh, what I would classify as a major win for South Park uh, in the CNEP and an additional five million dollars and i think why that's so material and and i shot for more i shot for the stars we've talked about it in other podcast episodes but um uh, you know the 10 million dollars that was the first investment thanks to my predecessor kenny smith thanks to um the great work by south park association of neighborhoods but that was a multi-year process um to um 
to you know do a ULI study and then to get that $10 million in two bond cycles approved. And I think it was due to a lot of incredible work by staff, particularly Fran West in, in uh, the planning department, and, um, and then uh, Hillary Greenberg's uh, South Park Association of Neighborhoods, the coalition, the different businesses, all coming together and over the last six months, hitting it hard, coming up with a creative and innovative vision and approach to how we're going to invest in the future infrastructure of South Park. And if, for anyone who's kind of not part from that side of town or thinks, oh, District 6 and South Park has it made, um, there is a huge disconnect in, in how we're investing over there right now. So that's, um, that's one thing that if we want to make sure that we are in a position 10, 15, 20 years from now where it's a great place to, it continues to be a great place to live, and we don't want to need, uh, ask for help from other districts at that point because we're now the ones who are in shambles. This, will, this is a start uh, to, to investing in, in another $5 million, basically increasing it by 50% um, is something I'm super, super proud of. And then I don't need to go into... I was going to say, I would have lost that bet. I was certain. Police you were supposed to only pay. get to say one thing, and yeah. I'd have lost the bet. Well, let's say you say two, because your, your first police officer pay, pay was something I was... I mean, I was just incredibly passionate about uh, and learning more about those folks uh, and, and what they do on a day-to-day -day basis justified even more for me that going to bat for them was really important. So while I didn't get everything I wanted, I think I can say for the last time, hopefully ever, right, Larkin, that we did something extraordinary. You said it in the meeting tonight, and I looked and waited for you to laugh, and you didn't. I didn't, because I'm going to keep saying it. But... For the last time uh, tonight, I will say this was extraordinary for st officer steps one through 12. And we still didn't solve uh, uh, step 13, our topped out most senior officers. We did something more than normal, but I would say it was not extra normal or ordinary. So uh, I look forward to continuing to work within the confines of, you know, normal non-budget process operations to figure out how we can, we can work on, on also solving that and finishing the masterpiece. There's a whole lot of words I wish I could stop you from using. <laughs> um, you're like a broken record sometimes. I know, I know. Um, all right, well. But if you get my playbook on my words, you'll understand why I say that. <laughs> sometimes I think you're a robot. <laughs> uh, since you did two, I'll do two. But when did you get? I won't take as long as you did. Um, oh, you you always say that, and then you take double as long. I just want you to know, in your, in your council manager... Uh, uh, updates tonight you were like i'm not going to take too long and then you proceeded to take five I, minutes no 90 seconds uh, i disagree um let me talk about public safety so i you know i wanted to make sure that as we were doing right by the police we were also making sure we were doing yeah. right by fire and you did and so great I work on that wanted to go to bat on that and i think i got them a little bit more than than would have been gotten otherwise and i feel good about that um and then you know we've talked about it again a couple of times the bike plan that's been a great plan but a plan sitting on the shelf collecting dust and not been funded for several years now and uh, we got full funding for that at four million dollars so i think that that is how mad is phipps at that man <laughs> <laughs> that's it in case you don't know that's a joke but uh our, our colleague greg phipps he went has, to kind of he he's been to taking some, he's been taking some heat he's from only going to battle on three things this year uh popcorn, against yeah cycle. against pop, popcorn, pro popcorn anti-cycles cycling and uh and of course um being called ed driggs he likes that. He's been called Ed Driggs five times in the last week, just in front of me. So I don't know if it's the uh, they look alike, the structure of their names, no. or their conservative leanings, or what it is. It's just, but uh, it's just their looks. Their anti-bike positions. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what Ed's positions are on bikes, but 
Um, so fire, that was a big win. Yeah, fire and bikes. We'll we'll leave it at that. And um, so, what did you most dislike about the budget? How happy you were with it. I was not happy with it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was happy uh, with a lot of it, but. No, there really wasn't much that I disliked. I mean, there's always more you wish you could do. Really? You can't say right now, even after it's all done, that you were you would wouldn't you have wished we could have done all that without a tax increase? Could could you at least say that? Make and I wish and I wish for world peace and I wish pizza didn't have calories. I mean, I That's possible, man. Well, they could make a pizza if, without calories. I mean, Sure, I would have if if they, there was a magic wand and we could have done exactly what we did without a tax increase. Everyone would have supported that, but that's not a, a realistic option here. So there would have had to have been cuts. There would have had to have been well specifically there would have had to have been ten million dollars in cuts out of this budget to do it without a tax increase. So you literally could not have done the same budget without a tax increase. You'd had to do this budget minus ten million dollars from somewhere and watching people fight tooth and nail over their hundred thousand dollars for this or their two hundred thousand dollars for this or you know money for police or money for bikes or money for whatever trying to find ten million dollars to scrap out of this budget would have been hell let me tell you something that could have been done if the political will had been there one we could have given the police officers at step 13 the raise to get them to 6.5%, which they would have been happy with, and everybody would have walked away on that side feeling pleased. And we gave that money to something else. Two, we could have done all of this without a tax increase by going around and making a few tough cuts. I mentioned stormwater. That was a viable option. But you can, this which, is a which huge a, which organization. Which several of us said we would have supported. And that, again, nuanced argument here, but that would not have negated the taxing. Well, it would have effectively negated the tax increase. There would have still literally been a tax increase. At the end of the day, increase. it was creative and different, but at the end of the day, citizens would have paid net the neutral, same or yeah. net neutral or maybe even a little less. And then three, um, you know, we 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 could have um, we we could have had a better plan in place now to support the fifty million dollars that was approved for that's gonna be in the bond referendum in November. And I, I made a cognizant decision behind the dice not to make a comment on that because now it, I knew it was going to happen and we're really counting on the private sector to come up and match. And I, I, I wanted to be respectful and not spook anyone there and th to think, oh, well, you know, they're not in it and all this stuff. But I was very uncomfortable not seeing the plan that's going to make sure that, um, you know, I'm not, I've, I've agreed not to use the word slush fund anymore, but, um, but to make sure it's not something that is ultimately going to be deployed and we look back five and ten years from now, and we didn't make a dent in the actual problem. We just all raised the mission accomplished flag and looked around and spent a bunch of money. At the end of the day, 30% AMI, that area is still in crisis mode. Did you like my pot of gold analogy last night at the Black Political Caucus event? I don't remember it. There you was a question a to analogies. that same effect. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I referenced it not being a pot of gold that we just set out in front of the government center for people to grab from. All that money gets um, reapproved by council. But uh, I think, you know, just because the budget cycle is over doesn't mean that you can't still go back. And I think there's several of us that have, have expressed that we would support this sort of exploration. Doesn't mean that you can't now still go back and say, I still think that there is a need to reevaluate how we handle stormwater. And so... Um, that might be something that you can now take some of the time we'll have during July and August where we don't meet as often um, and don't have the budget kind of looming over us that you can go back and really dig into that and say, 
hey, my goal is to come up with a better way for us to manage this department and this um, scope of work so that it, in the next in the 2020 budget, you can say, I want to make sure that at minimum that there's not a fee increase for stormwater and maybe even that there's a fee decrease back to 2018 levels. I mean, so that's something you'll, you can now take some of this time. That's what I was talking about earlier is work on more high level stuff without the burden of the budget kind of weighing over you or the, the week to week minutia of business meetings. And, and you can say that that's going to be one of my projects for these two months of the summer, quote unquote break. And, um, we do still meet just not every week. And then that's something that maybe you can have in your back pocket going into the next budget cycle to make sure that if there is a, a tax increase or, you know, that you can offset it with fee decreases. So um, something to still work on. We, we spent way longer on the budget than we said we would. Yeah, I hope to never talk about it again, at least for not well, a long time. Until the next that was budget. A lot. That was a lot. So thank you for coming on Sunday uh, to my documentary screening. I'm now a documentary film um, um person i gotta say my cameos in your documentary were just abysmally low yeah you know i wanted to throw you, you in even there, threw r&d and the qc up on the screen and I did. didn't even say i did featuring Fe you know what I, I still have the ability to edit this but no, it's the, you know i don't want you to you. change the, the the content of your documentary i just want you to know i noticed so <laughs> uh, thank you and for, I, for I was, that you I know I, I almost thought about that at one point but uh, long story short i went on a ride along I, I, I had I, on top of my bulletproof vest I had the uh, uh, your name my name Clark <laughs> most incredible uh, vest ever and um, your Trump is terrible it's very bad and uh, you know I I then took and edited it into the documentary because I really wanted to bring this to the entire community and let them see what I saw for those who don't have time or don't want to go on a ride along but also it evolved into something more of I, I also got to tell a flashback into the uh, 2016 September protests and it, without intent originally as it was evolving because I've, I've never edited my own documentary before this and I did it all in three days, intense days of editing. Um, it, it actually turned a little bit into a, a story of Braxton's rise, but, but from maybe the perspective of a police officer, I used some, some clips of, of, the, uh, of the audio from episode 20 in R&D in the QC um, so just tell me, what did you think when you watched it? Because you got to watch it in that beautiful screening room. I, I loved it. I loved the, the number of people that showed up. Thousands of people showed up. Um, yeah. Yeah. Plus or minus thousands. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's actually where I noticed that you, like, purposely didn't have me in your documentary. Was You had, like, five minutes of audio with Braxton. I was like, was I on that episode of you, you R&D? You were. I edited it all out. <laughs> I, could, I could tell. I noticed that you had edited me out, which was <laughs> Which was uh, amusing and depressing. At the if same it was time. about historical um, landmarks, you would have been well, for, that's for, fair. featured. Um, no, I, I as much as I hate to give you any credit for anything, <laughs> uh, I was I was pretty impressed. I I mean I figured it would be interesting, but I didn't figure it would have the production value of say an R and D in the QC, mm. um, which I also added. I also figured that you'd be like screaming through the whole thing and everyone would get up and leave, and you actually monitored your volume a little better with that. I, think, I did than, than you did on this show. <laughs> But, um, no, it was good. And I was, um, you know, I, you hadn't shown me any of it other than I think just a trailer before I sat down and watched it when everyone else did it, the thing on Sunday. Uh, so did I. And, yeah. No one, including me, had watched the whole thing Start front to, finish, to back yeah. because I clicked save five minutes before I walked out the You'd door. You'd watched every screen. part of it probably a hundred times each, but not in, in succession. Yes, that's right. Um, and I did think it was interesting how the the story of the protest and, and, the, and Braxton's story and some of his... Uh, video that he had taken with his cell phone and things like that was 
incorporate it in because I do think that you can't really tell the story of some of the conversations that are going on in our law enforcement community right now and in our community at large right now without also acknowledging that history from 2016. And honestly, you can't really tell the story of this city council without acknowledging the history of 2016. Um, Because but for those circumstances, it's it's safe to say, and I I think Braxton would agree, so I'd say this in front of him, it's safe to say Braxton wouldn't be on city council today if it weren't for the events of 2016. And who knows if all the rest of us would be on city council if it weren't for those events. And that certainly played a role, I think, into people in this community wanting some change um, in varying ways. So... Um, no, I thought it was really good. I was impressed. I was glad to see um, the police chief and the fire chief were out there Sunday. Um, Braxton was out there himself. Um, I think one of the um, the cooler things about it was, and I had a couple of, of my, I invited a couple of friends that were there, and and one of them was a young lady, and she was like, "Ice, oh, this guy's so cute that you did your ride along with Officer Kakopoulos, yeah. right?" And she was like, "It's it's so cute that like he clearly doesn't want to be in the spotlight." I mean, it is that is the coolest part in my mind. Like of this being guy is enemy. not like a ham who's trying yeah. and like us, yeah. who who is trying to be out in front on this thing. He just happened to get assigned to you. It, but the interesting yes. thing was, I mean, all of your your filming from your your GoPro or whatever was obviously not none of it was scripted or staged or anything. So it was just the course of events during that night. But his art, his ability to articulate a lot of the feelings that may be representative of the the police community or their interaction with the community at large. I mean, it was he's incredibly articulate about those issues and framed them in a way that I think related uh, and kind of connected with officers and non-officers alike. And um, and then my friend was just really enjoying the fact that he was getting to be a star despite the fact that he that's clearly not what he set out to do that that is that literally i think that angle right there is what made it special so now officer kukopoulos you have now received the r&d and the qc bump as well so you're gonna have to hire an agent he keeps looking over me like and chief putney was shaking his head chief putney knew he was like man i got i got a diva in my hands now he's getting his chops busted by everyone in the division so it's all our cmpd officers that are listening uh, which I hope includes Officer Kakopoulos. Ask for make his sure, autograph. Make, get his autograph, like now. take selfies with him, post them online. You must do that. Um, just embarrass him as much as you can. Yes. And, and talk about what a superstar he is. Agreed. But he, he did do an incredible job, and uh, I assume now he's going to have a, a full career. He'll be to transition in like movies. He's and just saying to me, like, okay, modeling. this has been great, and I love doing it. <laughs> Please stop talking about Please me. Please stop. I just want to get back to work. <laughs> but it, that, that was what made it special. So if you haven't seen it yet, um, you can go. It's on my all my social media pages. But if you go to YouTube, just uh, search for um, "officers need assistance" or and add in the words "ten eighteen" if you if you'd like in words, not numbers, and it'll pop right up. So uh, that transitions nicely into a brief update. We just have time for a brief update of the community safety meeting today. That's my John Oliver impression, real quick, because that I think that dovetails nicely. We talked uh, for a while about the police foundation report and. Not adopting it. I think that was part of the more heated debate we had last community safety meeting. And now we just decided to um, receive it or, or that we are in receipt of it. And we really got to work talking about the next steps, which I think are most so important. Just like when the UPS guy shows up and you sign for a package. Yeah, we're in receipt of. But, <laughs> yep, uh, got it. But this is where I and, – and what I really want to do is I just spent everything in my heart and soul on police officer pay. And there's still some work left to do there. But – I really want now to shift gears, and my focus for the second half of this year is going to be 
uh, officer accountability and not in a bad way, not like, oh, you know what, now we're going to turn switch gears and, and, and be all negative towards you. But, you know, the things around our policy to make sure that uh, we're 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 holding accountable those who abuse their power, but also and much, much more importantly and much more relevant to the topic that we address implicit bias and that we make sure those who don't have any bad thoughts in mind while they're doing it, but they just come from a different world or different angle and they are they 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 are faced with these realities every day uh i have have had my own moments and i and i talk about it um in different in different venues and things uh, around the film uh, of implicit bias and it's about being aware so i want to switch gears and really focus on that and that's what we spent most of the time talking about today of how do we bring our community together right now it's somebody on one side on accountability somebody another on police support how do we get them all to one table and start to have the the tough conversation so that's what we talked about there um, tell us about TELUS. So this morning, uh, we were able to join a group over at the New Dominion Bank at Metropolitan. Um, Great bank. To hear from Senator TELUS. And I it was really, I was really impressed. And I, I got to tell you, I have um, grown to appreciate, and again, there's plenty of things Senator TELUS and I disagree on. But I, I think he has done some things. And you in a Jeep pie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm sure I'll catch up with this too. You just just preface it to make sure you don't. I do get partly. Calls. I mean, you love him. You're becoming a Republican. I'm certainly not. <laughs> um, well, and and look, the the fact of the matter is that the circumstances that have had us with with Ajit Pai or with Tom Tillis have been more centered around um, issues that I think I tend to be able to find common ground with Republicans on, and that's things like um, at, you know infrastructure and. Um, trying to support business and, and things like that you know if we waded into social <laughs> if we waded into social issues i probably a i probably wouldn't be invited to those conversations uh, but b i would certainly find way more to disagree with him on but he's a smart dude he's a smart guy but i will say balanced. i i was at some things that he spoke at when he was um in the state legislature and and i found far more to disagree with him than i think he has improved as a public servant, and um, well, and you'd hope so from the state legislator to the United States Senate, um, given those opportunities. But you know, he talked about some things he's done today, like protections for the special counsel Mueller. He talked about a bill he put forward that would create a path to citizenship for DACA folks. Um, I mean, there are things he's done that probably didn't curry him a ton of favor yeah. with a lot of folks in his party in Washington. And so I always have respect for somebody who's willing to stick their neck out and say, I know that it's not going to be popular to try to create a path to citizenship for DACA recipients, or I know it's not going to be popular to try to have a bill that protects uh, special counsel Mueller. But he said something today that I really appreciated, which is he said, I'm not doing this because of what party uh, is impacted by it or whatever. He said, I'm, in particular, the thing about the special counsel, he said, this is about protecting the institution and the institution of the United States Congress or the United States Senate. And so I, you if you're know, not I, willing to do it when your guy's right. in office, but you are willing when not, that's, you know, I, I'll right. tell you, but on that topic, I, and this just goes to show how you, the normal American, even us who are paying close attention through the media outlets, they see that he's championing a bill like that. And and then they don't get the full story. I was completely against it. And you and I have been on Flashpoint where I said I was against it. It didn't make sense to me. After hearing him talk about it this morning, you know, I, I again, I haven't drilled in deep and I'm going to take him at his word because he seemed authentic when he said it. It made a lot more sense to me as, as more of a constitutionalist 
perspective and why he did that. So I thought that was interesting. He also he also talked about um, he also talked about uh, uh, his work on the financial services committee and fintech and growth. And guess what, Larkin? We in the elevator had him on R and D in the QC for a brief update to give our listeners. Why don't we go directly to Mr. Tillis now? All right, welcome back to the show. We're here recording in an elevator right now because we've got a few minutes here with United States Senator Tom Tillis. Our first U.S. Senator, uh, Senator Tillis, thank you so much for being on for one second. Um, just tell us a little bit about that quick update you gave us in the beginning about financial services. FinTech, obviously a big deal, and you've been working a lot bipartisanly to make it impact there. What, what can we expect? Uh, we got a great result on a bipartisan basis on the Banking Regulatory Reform Act. It's going to change the game for regional banks and small banks. I think we're going to see the financial services ecosystem grow. And actually, FinTech, uh, cryptocurrencies, everything else is really the next frontier for how do we make sure that we've got the right regulatory safeguards in place, but not over-regulate them because I believe they're a part of the future. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Uh, Larkin, any final questions for the senator in this very interesting, unique interview we're doing? Thank you for finding 90 seconds for us. We know your day is busy. We'll now let you get on your call. Off to D.C. We'll have you on for a full interview and soon. Good. Take care, bud. Thank you. And we're back. Thank you, Mr. Tellus, for being on the show. Our first United States Senator and our shortest interview to date. Yes, indeed. And, you know, here's the awkward thing. You love it when I whip out the old phone and start to do, <coughs> excuse me, R&D in the QC interviews. This was our most awkward, for sure, because we were he with him. He had no idea what was going he, on. He kind of didn't, and we were in an elevator, and then some other people got on, <laughs> and we continued to Which do Which is why interview. I led that segment by saying... Well, we're on an elevator right now, <laughs> so that when you heard floors dinging and people coughing and getting on and off the elevator, that was one of my more you wouldn't fun go, what's going on it's in there? It's so powerful to be able to record many segments for our listeners of R&D um, and QC on my phone. So we still haven't had a willing United States Senator who knew what they were getting into, but we have now had a United States Senator on the on the podcast. Yes. And, I'll, and one other thing I'll say about him that, um, again, you know, we've... There are things that we disagree on. There are things that we don't. And one thing that we don't is a lot of transit-related issues. And I brought up to him and our friend, um, Representative Jason Sane, was in the audience uh, this morning as well. And Representative Sane, Senator Tillis, you and I both, I think, agree we need to, and we've been talking to some of our allies down in Raleigh, uh, find a fix for a provision in the state budget that kind of was a poison pill for transit projects going forward and maybe in an unintentional way, but in, in a way nonetheless. And um, and Senator Tillis was very emphatic that, that he did not agree with that, that he would seek to try to help find um, a, a better way forward on that so that we don't um, kill any opportunities we might have in the future to, to build our transit network here. So, again, you know, it, it harkens back to the fact that um, we've now got this new responsibility. And honestly, I think it's made – I'll speak for myself, but I think it's made both of us – kind of look at things in a different way in terms of you know it's easy to be on the outside of government and throw stones and 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 honestly you probably need you need those people to throw stones but given the fact that we're now on we are now elected officials and even further that we've been given the responsibility of trying to foster some relationships between different levels of government i think it's incumbent on us now when we're in Senator Jeff Jackson's office, and, and there's certainly things you and he disagree on or when we're with Senator Tom Tillis and there's things I disagree with him on, to do a better job of focusing on the things where we do agree, like transit, like DACA, like protecting special counsel, whatever it is, 
I think that that's part of the role we have to play. And we don't get to just, you know, throw stones as we see fit anymore because there are other people who can play that role and that role is necessary. But if we're trying to build coalition and we're trying to have relationships that we can lean on when Charlotte's in a bind or when Charlotte needs help, um, I don't think we get to do that anymore. And so Mm -hmm. I'm sure that there are people who fault us for, you know, not being, you know, so vocally against people and everything they stand for and whatever. But the fact of the matter is there's, there's always going to be something you can agree with folks on. And, um, and I see it now as more our role to find those things and, and work on those. That's right. That's right. I agree. So final topic, uh, uh, two uh, separate topics of Memorial Stadium and the pedestrian bridge, which also have some connection points in our discussion tonight. Uh, why don't I let you, as a, as a nice level-headed person who likes to explain things very artfully, describe what the H happened all right, so we have, well, there's there's kind of three projects that I think are, are related, though one of them won't come up for a vote for another two weeks, and that's the Bojangles Coliseum. Ovens Auditorium uh, need to for some additional funding for that project that will come out of our tourism fund. There's another project that we voted on tonight and, uh, and voted in support of that comes out of our tourism fund, and that is our part of the Memorial Stadium renovations, which is specifically, and we've talked about it on the show, specifically to fund um, an alternative surface that has far more far more <laughs> usable days in, in the calendar year uh, will allow the city to have five free days that it can utilize. Um, but I think more importantly, and I think the reason that part of the reason we were really eager to, to, to make this happen was it demonstrates an ability for the city and the county to partner. And people who in elected office and people in the community have often decried the fact that the city and county left hand doesn't seem to know what the right hand's doing and vice versa. So stop there on that. We'll come back to it. Now explain what the pedestrian bridge is. All right. So anyone who's ever been on the rail trail and, and been coming from South end and thought I'm going to head on uptown, you find yourself uh, trying to navigate off the rail trail and, and up. Um, you, you can't do it. You can't do it on the rail trail. You have to get on, uh, far less safe streets if you're walking or if you're biking or whatever um, because where the train where the light rail train goes over 277 uh, does not have a place for pedestrians or cyclists uh, that was value engineered out 10 years ago because of the recession and, and funding issues uh, and now we want to put it back in there and we've got opportunities with federal federal dollars state dollars county dollars and city dollars to complete this project that we had to pull out of the plans uh, a decade ago but it does require that our friends at the county come to the table and assist us on that project in the way that we have affirmed we will support them. So theirs. now you've drawn a little bit of a, a bridge, if you will, between those two eyes. This is where this is where it gets strange for me because today I was looking just at. So last week we had a presentation that told us that it was a done deal and the county was going to support, um, and it was in their budget and going to support. The, uh, the I don't rail think that was explicitly rail trail said, but it was clearly implied. It was though. implied and conveyed in every way. Both both of us uh, remember it. Um, then today, as I'm coming and having some conversations about, I was very uncomfortable with the Memorial Stadium vote. I ended up voting yes tonight, but I, it was a long journey to get there because I'm not sure that's in our top priorities and how we should be spending money. But when you look at the fact that the county has already decided to do it and is spending this no matter what. It's a good opportunity for us to curry favor. And the ROI in the deal, while I don't love it, um, because right now it has like a seven-year payback period, if you think of 
we get five events a year for 15 years and they generate X amount of dollars directly from tax revenue and indirectly from a, a money that comes in for events like Battle of the Bands and different things like that on average, it takes about a little over seven years for a payback period. I was going and asking, can we up that to 10 days? Can we get 10 days? Because that brings the payback period to like three years, which is a little more in line with the types of investments I'm used to seeing in the private sector. And to me, it was, I love to use my old CEO's slogan, it was sleeves off their vest. With the turf, they can now create and have so many events a year that it will be all hands on deck trying to get that many in. So we can literally do what we want there. And, and to me, that was not a big ask. So not only did we not get that ask in return, um, but then I learned that the, the, the county manager had been speaking with the county commissioners and said that it was not a guarantee that the money that they have right now earmarked in their budget, which is they're about two weeks behind us in their budget approval, um, that, that they were putting it in there with the contingency that we approve the Memorial Stadium $3 million. And why this, it may seem like a shell game to you, which, it, which it, it is it a little bit, is that we can't spend our hospitality dollars on that uh, um, um, pedestrian bridge. Uh, but we can spend it on the turf. So they can spend their money on the pedestrian bridge. So it seems like not only a good ROI for for our community to be able to get some days and some usage and some and a, and a olive branch to the commissioners, but we also then can get that same amount of money amount of money back that we are prohibited from spending with this other. So it's it's creative. You some people may look at it as a shell game and we're playing around with other dollars to be able to do more. I kind of see that, but I see it more as it's a creative use of bypassing some of the constraints we have on certain funds where hospitality funds are highly usable. So now we're in this point where we didn't want to make it seem like an ultimatum, which is why we backed away from putting a contingency on this vote to say they have to approve that for them to get this money. We want it to be in good faith that we're coming and saying we want a partner because we really do. But we awarded the manager the ability to go and negotiate and make the ultimate decision of what he wants to do up to that $3 million and letting them know this is about us really starting a new relationship. But also, that $3 million is really important. And if we don't get that $3 million for the rest of that, uh, that, that pedestrian bridge, I mean, we're going to be in a really tough spot. So, I mean, what did you think? Because this was a really interesting dynamic of, a, of, of, of knowledge gaining that I had today on this. Yeah, and it's it's the odd timing that we passed our budget tonight. We were voting on these things tonight. The county doesn't pass their budget for another 15 days or something. Um, but I, I think they will. I mean, I think that we've demonstrated that we were kind of negotiating and, and operating in good faith, and I, th I think they'll do the same. And, and these two projects, and the one we'll vote on in two weeks for Bojangles and Ovens, um, I think are really going to be transformative in, in the respective areas that they're being done. And um, so I, I very much want to make sure that we get all three of these to the finish line because I think it's a good investment of dollars. I think it'll make a big impact in, in three different areas um, for, for at times different constituencies. And it, it just, I think it, all three make our city a better place. And so if, if in the course of that, we can also demonstrate on two of them that there's, that there's a new day and that, that this new council can and will work with the county, uh, I think we start to build trust. And these are you know, relatively small projects in the big scheme of things budget-wise, but I think that that's how you start to build that trust and, and that they say, hey, when the city says they're going to do something, they do it. And, and 
I, I assume and expect that they'll return that favor. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not so sure. It did, here's the biggest disconnect I'm seeing between the, the municipal bodies of city council and county commission. Did you ever play that game in kindergarten where the entire class got in a big circle and the Telephone. teacher the teacher whispered in your the first person's ear, Apple. And then by the time it got around, the last person said Blockchain. Boop. Oh. <laughs> yeah, blockchain. Right. That's right now we don't talk. Like we go through all these different things of staff and there's all these weird politics there. And I sit in every once in a while and listen to a county commission meeting and one of them will sit and listen to us and it's like, well what what does what does city council think? And we're we're totally disconnected. We've got to get closer together because a lot of them didn't even know that that was an agreement that the that the county staff had been already baking in there. They hadn't had a first cut. So you say we're hoping they're going to operate in good faith and do it. I don't think a lot of them have even heard about this yet. Well, I think some of that, again, maybe that's something we can start to tackle now that we have one of our, our big lifts off our plate. Yeah. But, but that's, a, that's a bid incumbent on us now as intergovernmental co-chairs is we need to start forming relationships. You know, I don't have... Um, I don't have every single member of county commission's cell phone number or e I mean, well, I do have their email addresses, but it's not like I, I can just pick up the phone and text any of them. I can text some of them and I'm sure you can text some of them and you have some of their information. I could just text Belma. We need to <laughs> shout out to commissioner league, the most powerful district. Mm. Um, we, you know, maybe that's something you and I need to make an effort to do is say, yeah. Hey, let's, let's take a commissioner Dunlap or whoever, maybe that we don't know as well as the others. And, take them out to lunch or go grab coffee with them, get to know them, exchange information so that when something comes up on his agenda and it says working with the city, he can text us and be like, Hey guys, what's going on here? Or vice versa that when we see, Hey, this is a partnership with the County, we can give him a shout or whoever a shout and say, um, want to make sure you guys are up to speed on this. Did you have any questions? Um, and we can't, you know, right now we're not doing that. So yeah. that's, that's something I think we can improve on and, and we need to make the effort. And I think, uh, that'll improve that relationship and improve the understanding we have of projects going forward where there is going to be that partnership. I, I walked up to Vil Malik last night at the BPC and uh, I said, hi, and I put my hand out. And she looks down at my hand, up at my face, does that about two more times. And then I said, okay, guess not. And as I start walking away, she's like, oh, it's nothing personal. It's just uh, – and then she started listing all these strange diseases. Like, oh, <laughs> If it makes you feel any better, uh, it's not a Republican thing. She did the same thing to me okay. last night. And I, I said, I can't even get a high five. And she said, no, your hands could be dirty. And I started <laughs> laughing. I mean, because what else would you do? And she said, no, I'm very serious about that. So I whipped out off so, my belt uh, a thing of uh, antibacterial, like the stuff, and I just started squirting it over yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Commissioner Leak is funny. Indeed. We didn't talk about any movies. We didn't make any movie references. Good. I can live with that. Did you have you ever done a desk pop? I think that's a no way. Oh, hold on. No way you get this. Uh, it, it, there's a number. If you did, there's, I already told you. There's a number in there. Um, that is the question. Give me, the give me the word, and then I'll, I'll tell you. Let's the number. no. Let's let what a desk pop. No, but the movie no, no. title. Let's stop. Like a, let's let's word. see who listened to this. Who knows what a desk pop is? Tweet us. No, it's a cop movie. Oh, great! Now you've given it away. It is a cop movie. You're correct. What year did you did you do your first desk Mark pop? Mark Wahlberg was yes, in it. and Will Ferrell. One of the wow. We must have talked. There's no way you're getting what's this. What's the number? What's the na name of the movie? The oh. There's not a number in it. No, there's no number in it. The but other you guys? did list the, the other guys. Well done, sir. I got I there. feel like I've told you this. Yes. Uh, I've so seen that movie. I it think. is probably the most one of the most underrated comedies ever. It's it's hilarious. All right. Well, one for one tonight. There I'll we go. It. Well, wow. 
I got we are there. Really, I yeah. got there. It took me. It took me a minute. I, you're up in your game. Okay. Well, I was thinking of that TV show. There's some cop TV show with a number in it. Oh yeah, that's like Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Not of. not as funny. Okay. Um. So, uh, anything else? Any final thoughts there, Larkin? None. No final thoughts. Over okay. and out. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,